Welcome back, Life Group Leaders, to another Life Group Leader podcast. All right, here we are. We're back. This is Pastor Evan, and I'm joined with Pastor Hayden. Hey, guys. So glad to be back. And even though we took a couple weeks off the podcast, we are back and now recording, not in Pastor Hayden's office anymore, in the house, but in the building. The building. Because here at Compass Bible Church, we exist to make disciples. Did you know that, Pastor Hayden? All day. All day. We do this by reaching people for Christ, teaching people to be like Christ, and training people to serve Christ. And everything that we do, including this podcast, is to fulfill that mission to reach, teach, and train. And Pastor Hayden, we're going to be kind of preaching on, well, you're going to be preaching on Mm. a a lot about reaching. Reaching. So the text for Sunday is going to be Colossians 4, verses 3 and 4. So let me read that to you guys right now. At, at the time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ, on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. You know, Pastor Hayden, this is continuing our sermon series, the a simple title, prayer and evangelism, but the title of this sermon is a gospel focus. So, what can what can we expect from the sermon on Sunday? Well, as you guys know, this is a big weekend in the life of our church. This is the first ever baptism service here at Compass Bible Church here in New Braunfels, and so because of that, uh, we're going to be spending a great portion of the two services on Sunday on hearing the testimonies of how God has changed the lives of his people. Uh, And then at the end of all that, then I'll come up uh, and I will also give a uh, brief sermon uh, entitled A Gospel Focus. And I think there is no better weekend to preach on prayer and evangelism than on baptism weekends. Uh, In this particular sermon, uh, the main point here is that we must be diligently praying for opportunities to share the gospel and follow through to boldly proclaim a biblical gospel. Uh, people's stories that you're going to be hearing over and over and over and over again happen uh, because God has used faithful people who have prayed for gospel and evangelistic opportunities and they followed through in obedience to lead these people to Christ. And so you're going to see firsthand how God has used His church, His people to faithfully lead others into a saving relationship with Christ. And so that's what we're going to focus on in three, in the way of three points. You're going to see this uh, in the sermon with number one. You need to pray for evangelistic opportunities. Uh, we're going to get to uh, how this plays into the previous verses in just a second and the insight, insights to the text. But the first thing we need to do is pray for evangelistic opportunities as much as we pray about everything else. In our regular prayer routine, we need to be praying for evangelistic opportunities. Number two is we need to boldly declare the gospel in every situation, as you're going to learn on Sunday briefly, and as you do as you study the letter to the Colossians, as Paul is in prison. And so if anyone had the uh, opportunity and the situation to say, okay, I guess I need to, to stop, or I guess I need a break, or, you know, I guess God's telling me I'm, I'm done with my ministry. Like, nobody has a better excuse to be done, quote-unquote, with the ministry that God has given them than Paul being in prison. And so for us, we need to make sure that we can boldly declare the gospel in every single situation that we find ourselves in, because most of us aren't going to find ourselves in prison for sharing the gospel, and then Paul doesn't see that as a good enough reason to quit. As a matter of fact, he wants this to be a really shining example of how you are supposed to share the gospel in every situation you find yourself in. 
And thirdly, we need to make sure uh, in the midst of a world and a culture where the gospel looks different in the sense that uh, there are people preaching false gospels and gospels that do not adhere to the biblical Christianity, we got to make sure that we hold true to one of the distinctives at our church, and that is to work to proclaim a biblical gospel. And that's point number three, uh, that you need to work to proclaim a biblical gospel. And so that's really the focus of the sermon for this uh, Sunday, or if you're watching this after Sunday, that was the focus of the sermon. Pastor Evan, what do you think? It is, yeah, vitally important that we get the gospel right, because if we don't, it's just going to break apart. Like right now, we're having the roof repairs, and you might be hearing them working right now on <laughs> that. Right. And the issue is, you know, a faulty le- roofs a faulty are like root. faulty gospels. It's right, and they leak everywhere, they're, they're it's leaky. messy, and it's not helpful. They're, leak, they're leaky, and they don't work. So if you hear any noise, <laughs> endure, we're almost we're getting the building ready. That's right. But Pastor Hayden, as we know that we need to make sure that we articulate the truth of the gospel in every situation that we you know, have an evangelistic opportunity that we are praying for, what are some helpful insights that you uh, have for us in this text so that we can communicate these you know, insights to our life group so that we can be an evangelistic church? Now, something to keep in mind uh, as we preach week to week, and you know this, uh, but in a way of reminder, every one of these verses are linked to the previous verses. And so we never can jump into verses three through four without understanding their connection to verses one and two in the previous chapter and the letter as a whole. And so for us, we need to understand something important. And that is in verse three, when it says at the same time, pray also for us, that uh, command to pray also for us is linked as a participle to the main imperative, which is devote yourself. And so in the same way, last week we talked about devoting ourselves uh, in prayer steadfastly uh, and overflowing with thanksgiving and those types of things, we need to also understand that this is equally as weighty and important and uh, significant in our prayer life is that we're also praying uh, that God may open doors for the word to declare the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so there's a helpful insight that pray for us as a participle of devote yourself to prayer. And so it's always linked. The evangelism and the uh, prayer for the gospel is always linked to all the other prayers in our life as they should be. Uh, Secondly, like I said before, Paul's in prison during this letter. And so I think if you read this letter and every couple of uh, lines you in your mind say Paul's in prison, Paul's in prison, it's going to shade and color uh, this letter in such a magnificent way to show you that in whatever situation Paul finds himself in, there's some things that are primary, and it's not a situation. It's the primacy of the gospel. And then finally, a good insight is uh, in verse 4, when it says that uh, Paul says, I want to make it clear. I want to make the gospel clear, which is how I ought to speak. Uh, it's not as a powerful and pungent word, make it clear in our English language. Uh, in the Greek, that word means to manifest or to reveal, which really connects uh, the gospel to the mystery of Christ, which you hear about here and all throughout the Colossians. And that is, Paul has a specific ministry as an apostle to reveal the truth of the gospel to the Gentiles. And so Paul is asking for a specific prayer to declare the mystery of Christ uh, and to reveal it to people who would hear them. Uh, the gospel proclaimed and uh, manifested and that they would respond to it biblically. And the good news for us is, you know, we don't have to preach the gospel in a way to uh, unveil or manifest something because we have the gospel already revealed and manifest. And so the good news is for us, we don't have the apostolic job to uh, go and reveal something that is hidden. Uh, We have the gospel plain and clear in front of us. And our job is to 
uh, boldly declare it, be faithful to it, and make sure that we're proclaiming the biblical gospel. And so I just think that's an in, in helpful insight to some maybe some Pauline theology that you need to understand, that it was an, the apostolic uh, job to manifest or reveal the gospel that has never been revealed to the Gentiles. And so he had a particular role, and we all have a general role in uh, mani- uh, not manifesting but producing and uh, making sure that we're walking in faith when it comes to the opportunities to share the good news of Jesus Christ. And this is done regardless of the consequences. Like Paul said, this is the reason why I'm in prison, but this is the reason why I'm in prison. Right. And pray for opportunities while in prison to share the gospel for which I'm in prison for. And it kind of leads right into your cross-reference that you put down in Ephesians 6. So how can we use this cross-reference to better explain what Paul's getting at in our life groups this week? Well, if we remember, Ephesus is not too far away from Colossae, uh, and these letters uh, from the Ephesians to the Colossians, these letters really mirror each other in so many ways. That's why you see so many cross-references or parallel passages from Ephesians to Colossians. Uh, For instance, in uh, chapter 6, verses 18 through 20 of Ephesians, you see this. We're going to pray at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. Well, that sounds a lot like uh, Colossians 4. And it says, to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplications for all the saints. And also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim, here it is again, the mystery of the gospel, for which I'm an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. And so there's just another reference that you can uh, keep in your repertoire uh, to help you uh, see Paul's consistent ministry throughout all the churches uh, there in Asia Minor and throughout the Lycus Valley and as he is planting churches uh, across the uh, known world at the time. And for you and I, it's to understand that Paul's in prison the whole time, but his main focus all the time is to boldly proclaim the gospel. So that's a helpful cross-reference for you to jot down, maybe write it in your Bible as you're uh, studying Ephesians or Colossians. There you go. And another thing to for us to have as life group leaders is to you know, as we're reading the daily Bible reading together as a church and to help encourage our people to do so is that the Bible is interconnected everywhere. And something that we're going to read this week as we conclude the gospel of Luke is at the very end, you know, Jesus is explaining to his disciples how everything written uh, about him is in the law of uh, the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms. And is it was fulfilled explaining that the Christ would suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and that the repentance for the forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name to all the nations beginning in Jerusalem. And now what we see here in Colossians is that that journey continued from Christ and the apostles starting in Jerusalem. Now he's now sharing the gospel in Colossae. Well, he's writing to uh, to a church that the gospel was proclaimed to. And now here we are thousands of miles away from that. The gospel is being declared. So it's the emphasis of that. We need to proclaim the repentance for the forgiveness of sins wherever we go. Well, Pastor Hayden, we have the application questions all ready to go, but what is a direction you want us to take as we dive into these questions and prepare to lead our life groups this week? I think these application questions are going to do a lot in way of directing ourselves to the necessity and the uh, primacy of uh, the gospel in our lives and as we go out into the world uh, and sharing with other people. Uh, And I want you to focus on applying how we can in so many ways uh, take part in the mission 
of the gospel throughout the nations. And, uh, you know, there's a reason we planted a church here in New Braunfels, and it's because it is growing at a rate uh, never seen in most of societies throughout history. As a matter of fact, uh, around my neighborhood right now, there are five new developments going in. And so, you know, if you're not thinking uh, evangelism and gospel opportunities, man, we hope that this redirects your mind and redirects your, your life group to understand the need for us uh, to to go in to be sharing the gospel. Question number three uh, on the application questions, uh, we have the Apostle Paul lived between two realities, the fear of sharing the gospel and the necessity of sharing the gospel. And so we see even Paul has this idea that, you know, in, in fear and trembling, he's sharing the gospel, but he's also in the same way in Romans 1.16 says, it's the power of God to save. And so we have this, uh, this constant uh, push and pull in our lives of fear of sharing the gospel with the, the great necessity of sharing the gospel for the salvation of souls. And so we need to uh, take that struggle and always end up on the right side of it, which is the fact that we need to, we have to, we must, if not us, then who? Uh, and then we uh, just need to take these questions, apply them to our lives and help encourage your group to apply these to their own lives so that they can go out and live the gospel in their community. All right, so Pastor Hayden, as every week there's always a danger to go down, you know, rabbit trails and, and to get off. No, what is a focus that we need to make sure that as we discuss evangelism, we, we discuss the gospel with the dangers of different, you know, rabbit trails and rabbit holes that we can go down. What is a focus that we need to anchor ourselves to as leaders to keep the group focused on what we need to focus on? Yeah, we really, we try our best in our application questions to keep uh, those and mitigate those kind of rabbit trails, but they're always coming about. And uh, when we think about the baptisms and we think about, uh, you know, evangelism, these two should be so linked together that hopefully we're not seeing a lot of rabbit trails this week. But some rabbit trails you may get into, if you know, would be, uh, well, if you're not sharing the gospel, you're not a Christian. Well, okay, you know, uh, we need discipleship. And uh, it very well may be true that non-Christians don't share the gospel. And so that is a true statement, but it could be uh, also true that people don't have discipleship. And so our goal is to disciple people so that they can be equipped to share the gospel. Uh, other, other ones, I mean, as I'm looking uh, through here, uh, we need to focus on application of like, you know, for instance, write down two people you can share the gospel with this week. You know, make sure you're driving the points home as we go. Uh, people often have uh, a tendency to like to commentate on scripture and these questions and not apply them to their own lives. And so you can always go into rabbit trails when people become their own commentators and not their own application uh, derived answers to these questions. So, you know, make sure that that stays uh, that stays the focus of these is how do we apply it? Not just how do I comment on this with something pithy and wise in my own side, or even if it is wise and helpful, uh, at the end of the day, we need to be applying it to our lives. You know, not saying no one can comment on it, but, uh, when it becomes a commentary party, we all leave and no one really has a lot to take home with them. Well, speaking of things that you can bring home to you are some of the resources that we have. You like that segue? That was good. There we go. That was great. All right, so Pastor Hayden, what are some of the, what are a couple of the resources that we've written down right here? Well, Pastor Evan put the Bible as number four, which is just, it was like, it's supposed to, it was like, good. It, it's a crescendo. Yeah, it was good. I like the Bible. Sorry, that made it number one, which is where it should be. But number four is good too. Yeah, the Bible, obviously, great place. Uh, I put on here Evangelism and the Sovereignty of God by J.I. Packer. It's such a good, uh, 
you know, great book, not a giant long read, but just a really good book when it comes to the God's control and power over evangelism and yet our own responsibility as people to be making sure that we are uh, sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. Uh, Getting It Right by Dr. Mike Favares, who will be here in May. It's also another book most of you guys are familiar with, but uh, you know, a lot of people in our church, a lot of people in the community aren't, and so make sure you keep that close by as uh, you're trying to share the gospel and give people resources that can help them uh, rightly respond to the gospel. Pastor Evan, you have another one on here. You want to talk about it? Yeah, it's called Let the Nations Be Glad by John Piper. This is just a, a book mainly focusing on missions, but it helps us to be mission-minded as, of course, we want to have the gospel reach all over the world internationally, but as we are you know, missionaries ourselves planting a church right now, we want to make sure that we want to you know, the nations be glad of the glory of God and the the good news of Jesus Christ. So it's a good book to kind of get to spur you on to not only be evangelistic internationally, but also to be evangelistic in your home or in your in your home with your kids, but also in your neighborhood where the, God has placed you at. And of course, I put down the Bible because. You need to know what the Bible has to say. Because it's the Bible. You need to know what it has to say. You need to teach what people it has to say. So as we uh, continue in the in the weeks to come, we will we are going to circle back to our spiritual leadership uh, book by Oswald Sanders. So next week, make sure you have read chapter five so that we can dis- continue to discuss that book as we train you guys how to lead well. All right, guys, we have a few announcements that are super important for you guys to uh, announce to your groups and uh, uh, really propagate throughout the community. Uh, One is, like always, we have our next Exploring Compass session coming up, but the big difference is it's going to be, number one, an intensive, and number two, it's going to be here on campus on Sunday, June 12th, from 1 to 4 p.m., and so with that being said, make sure if there's people in your life group who have not uh, finished Exploring Compass, make sure that they uh, sign up for this June intensive class on June 12th from 1 to 4 p.m. Next, we have our partner's graduation dinner. So if you are, you have someone in your life group who is a partner graduate, uh, not just if they graduated since we've planted a church. That means if you have ever graduated partners, if you are a graduate from whenever to however long ago it was, you're invited to join us for our celebration dinner on Sunday, May 15th at 6 p.m., uh, Pastor Mike Fabares is going to be here, and he's going to be leading uh, this dinner and give us an encouraging word um, and uh, help us as uh, we continue making disciples here in the Hill Country. And child care is available for that from infants to fifth grade, but we need to register. We have a, quite a few people registered, and we're looking forward to all the other people who will be joining us on the way. And Pastor Ann, if my spouse has not completed partners, can they come with me? The answer is that they cannot. Right? This isn't dinner plus one. It is just dinner for those who have graduated partners. So if there's somebody who uh, hasn't finished partners, who's married to somebody who has finished partners, make sure they finish so the next time they can be at our partner's graduation dinner. Uh, and then finally, uh, on May 15th, Dr. Mike Fabares will be in the pulpit at the 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. service. And we're excited about that. We're grateful for the ministry of Pastor Mike, for the faithfulness of them uh, being serious about planting churches and giving us the, uh, so many of the resources and opportunities to be here planting this church. And we're so grateful to have him in the pulpit preaching that weekend. And we want to encourage you uh, to, to be there, to invite people. As a matter of fact, uh, it's on radio stations in San Antonio and Austin and everywhere in between that he's going to be here. So we are expecting a good number of, uh, of guests to join us that week, and we want to make sure that you're there as well. So we look forward to seeing you at that with Pastor Mike. 
And as always, Life Group Leaders, we're so proud of you guys. We're so encouraged by your leadership and all that you've been doing to build God's church here. Uh, and we look forward to uh, seeing you guys soon. So uh, keep it up. We're praying for you. And we look forward to see all God is going to do in building his church here in New Braunfels. Thank you.